this is a special podcast. Um, it's a bittersweet moment for me because the man who brought me onto this organization, Abhijit, uh, the guy who really made this organization possible, uh, is stepping down from his role and is being replaced by another bright face. And so uh, today we get to see both of them and get to know the new guy. So uh, Sri, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man, and how you got interested in Manmukti and how you know Abhijit knows you, how you know Abhijit. Yeah, for sure. And uh, again, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on here today, Anand. Um, so I actually joined Manmukti about a year and a half ago uh, when I initially applied to join our executive committee leading up our finance operations. So I started off as the vice president of finance, basically thinking about how do we make sure that our cash position is very strong and how do we allocate our funding to our most effective projects where we can maximize our impact. And then a couple months ago, I recently explored the prospect of and you know, hearing uh, that Abhi was stepping down, um, thought about maybe like the sort of changes that I might be able to make at Manmukti and recently joined uh, the CEO position at Manmukti, which has been super exciting. But uh, it's just been an incredible ride. Like a lot of what we think about is just like, how do we maximize our impact in the South Asian mental health space through storytelling? And as somebody who in his professional career who also works in media and entertainment, it's just sort of been a nice dovetail out of all. Yeah, wow, okay. So uh, you've been here a little bit longer than, I, uh, than I've known about you. Um, here at the podcast, we're kind of like a cave of weirdos. Like we haven't seen the sunlight in years, it feels like some days, you know? Um, we're like a completely different branch of the organization. We're like the, uh, we're like the drama department of the high school, you know, like you know, <laughs> you'd see them doing weird shit, you know, that's us. Um, <laughs> that's, all. That's, the, that's the perfect comparison, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abhijit, by the way, used to run the podcast also. Like he used to, if you go back to the beginning of the podcast, it's like him and some of the people that started the organization out, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, Abhijit, that's all what, we had, right? It's all we had. Um, <laughs> Abhijit, I wonder how you, um, how you felt like Sri was the guy. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously it was, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a bittersweet decision to come to in my head, even before it was a de decision to come to um, with other people or in, in any sort of formal application. Um, but, you know, ultimately I knew that, um, I guess I knew that it was, Sri was the right person because of, you know, what I knew about myself first, right? And what I knew about myself first is, um, I, I thrive in like the realm of ideas and like starts and, you know, beginnings, right? Um, it's, uh, I think I can go ahead and admit that it's probably at this point, just a character flaw, <laughs> but, uh, you know, essentially like the, the things that excite me are like the, are, you know, getting to have some big picture thinking, getting to figure out, you know, what does this mean? Or like, what's the, you know, what's the point of starting up something new? What's the, you know, what's this idea that we're, that we're going to work on together as, as a, as a unit and, you know, create something, you know, exciting that's going to, that's going to touch the world. Right. Um, there's obviously a step after that. Once you, once you set things up, once you've, you know, figured out what your vision and mission is where you have to operationalize things, right. You have to take it from like a, a unit of, you know, so-and-so, you know, uh, let's say like, you know, 20 or so people into, you know, hundreds and thousands that are working towards a cause. And that requires a lot more sort of um, operational thinking. It requires a different type of discipline and different type of, um, even a different type of creativity, right, I would say. Um, and 
I, I sort of saw myself running up against moments where um, the type, the sort of skills, whatever skills I had in thinking or like setting up the organization, they weren't, um, they weren't serving me quite as well when it came to scaling the organization, right? And I think um, we're at a place now where we can say that Manmukti is in a place where it just needs to be scaled, right? We figured out a lot about ourselves, but what we're good at, what we're not good at, and you know exactly what kind of impact we're going to have on people. And so at this point, it was like, you know, how do we take all of that and then just make it run really well, right? Um, and operationalize it and just make it efficient as possible and effective as possible. Um, and those were ne those weren't necessarily problems that I felt that I was going to be the best at, right? Um, when we brought on Sri to work on finance, um, he very quickly worked on um, all sorts of things that were not finance just because of his uh, initiative, right? Like he was able to um, he was able to take and run with a lot of different projects, and he was especially able to like really shine through on our executive committee meetings where you know generally all our VPs and would meet and, and discuss you know sort of what's what's been going on in the week and you know what's uh, you know talk about any big picture issues. Um, he was incredibly good at talking about big picture issues. He was also incredibly good at just getting stuff done, right? <laughs> and uh, I saw that what we needed, right, was the person with that kind of balance who could um, who could talk about the big picture issues, who could talk about, you know, what, what's our new mission gonna be in the next five years? Or, you know, what's, uh, you know, what do we do now that we have successful university chapters, et cetera? But he also just, you know, got stuff done. He he got he set up new processes for how we're going to do our finance work. He he was just a lot more efficient in in you know making that a a better process, right? Um, so that was really like the kind of um, sort of a dual package that we needed in a person. And then obviously there's everything that Sri does outside of Manmukti that you know you know sort of doubly qualified him, right? Like he brings this amazing creativity about media and entertainment and what Manmukti can be at a, in, you know, in sort of that space because of what he does outside of Manmukti. Um, and he's just, uh, in, in general, I think like really naturally gifted towards leadership and, and communication. And so um, taking all those things together and knowing that, you know, we had other people who probably made better fits for, you know, chief of operations and chief of growth. Um, Sri seemed just like the, the person who could really bridge everything together. And you know, keep his head around you know all the different problems and opportunities and visions that Manmukti could have, and so you know it was really a no-brainer at the end of the day. Sri, uh, he mentioned uh, like this vision for five years down the line. Do you think you could populate that vision for us a little bit? Yeah, for sure. And um, I think it's really helpful to think about that vision in the context of like what we've done really well so far, right? So when I think about Manmukti. I think about two programs that really stand out to me. So university chapters, we've done an incredible job of scaling that program across 18 different university chapters and unlocking up to $105,000 in grant capital from Ignite Asha to be able to conduct high impact programming on these university chapters. The second thing that I think about is youth fellowship, right? So a program that was spearheaded by our now chief growth officer, Pramila Barada, working with high school students to think about what impact that they can make in the South Asian mental health advocacy space. So, you know, in contrast to that, there are two sort of areas that I think about, right? One is obviously like the media side of it, which is it's a scalable way to be able to make an impact by communicating ideas and thoughts, right? So what can we do from a media perspective, whether it's through like 
digital media assets, videos, informational programming that can make a difference in people's lives. The other thing that I think about though, and where I really wanna make it real is, what can we actually do in terms of physical person-to-person -person activations that can make an impact on people's lives? And I'm gonna be candid, like I don't necessarily know if I have the answers yet because you know I'm still getting into the organization and there's still a learning curve to a lot of this, but we have a very unique opportunity given our strength and branding around younger South Asians and our importance within the mental health conversation that we can think about like, how do we better serve LGBTQ plus South Asians, for example, or how do we better serve Sri Lankan South Asians or different micropopulations via physical activations that can actually make them feel seen and heard, right? Um, now, obviously that's gonna be, you know, a labor intensive process and we have to think about operationally, how can we do that? But five years down the line, I think that's the impact that will really differentiate us from all the other people that are trying to make an impact in the space. Yeah, and uh, I feel like that is so spot on, especially in the in, in the context of COVID, especially where uh, it's not it's only like it's not only um, difficult to to make physical interactions happen; it's actually prohibited in some cases and has been for many months. And so, uh, I think that's you know one of the one of the difficulties of a social media based organization is that a lot of nuance is lost on the online space and uh you know there's this I, there's this notion where we can immediately resonate with this uh fact that an idea that carried far loses a lot of its nuance along the way and so uh messaging about about mental health can often uh lose nuance and expertise as we go further and further from the source and so we can do things like say it's okay to not be okay and stuff like this, but ultimately, how do we help the family who's got a schizophrenic child, right? Um, and so, I love I love what you're saying about that. Um, I, uh, I I happen to work in the space of mental health also, so I feel like that's what's missing a lot in in, in the patients that I get to see. So, I'm I'm so glad to hear you say that. Um, for sure, for sure. I, I was just going to say that it's yeah. also a matter of like. At the end of the day, like we can create all the informational assets that we want and we can create all the digital media and maybe that that'll translate to the brand. But really, it's about like, what are the in-person things that we can do to actually make a difference in people's lives? And, um, you know, it, it's difficult, but it's the thing that will ultimately set us apart in our impact. Yeah. And to that end, I think the college context, you're pointing out correctly that it's probably the most fertile soil for that kind of uh you know, change making. So super cool. Um, Abhi, what is the actual job like day to day? What is, what is, what is uh, Sri in for? <laughs> yeah, great question. And it's, uh, I, I think as with any role like this, that's uh, supposed to be a leadership role, it's, it's hard to answer the question, right? Like there's, um, there are, there are days when you will just, uh, you know, spend hours, um, you know, on a call doing like an ethics case review, something has come up, some member of the organization uh, feels that they've been wronged in some way, and you're just like hearing these people out or you're, you know, on, on a phone with others, you know, on a committee trying to understand that what's, what's going on. Um, there are days when you are uh, meeting with potential investors and uh, trying to say, you know, hey, can you, um, would you be interested in, you know, donating to our organization and, you know, hear like the top three reasons why, here's a presentation that I made for this, um, and, 
And then there are days when you're just, you know, on, you know, executive committee calls trying to corral everybody to sort of, you know, get motivated about, you know, doing, a, you know, the next new project or vision that you have in mind. Um, so, you know, the day-to-day -day can vary a lot, right? But I think, you know, at, at, the, at this highest level of CEO, uh, the, the biggest priority really should be um, that people understand what the mission and vision of Manmukti is, right? Um, and I think, you know, Sri's already demonstrated even on this call that he has a lot of clarity around what that is and, you know, how we're going to make an impact. And then it's just a matter of, you know, once you've, once you've figured that out, it's a matter of how to trickle that down into, you know, all the people who are wonderful people who are volunteering their time with Manmukti and, and making those impacts that we want to happen, happen. Um, and therein lies the rub, right? That's the, that's the truly difficult part of, um, of, of leadership in this, in this case, right? We are an all volunteer based organization. Uh, we don't necessarily have like regular hours that people keep. We don't necessarily have um, regular communication channels, et cetera, right? Like we, we, we meet, we try to meet once a week as a leadership group. Um, but, you know, even taking the, the learnings or the, you know, whatever um, tasks or projects for the week that we have in mind from there and trickling those down to all the other people who help out um, can, can be a struggle, right? Um, we are trying to do a lot of stuff with, the, with very few people. We are um, trying to make uh, impact happen across a variety of things, um, both in person, social media, you know, et cetera. Um, and we're figuring everything out along the way, right? So in all those sorts of areas of ambiguity, in those areas of you know, trying to make connections happen between different divisions or connect connections happening between different types of you know, outreach or impact that we have, it's the CEO's role to, um, you know, figure out how exactly we're going to do that, right? It, it's, it's the role to reduce ambiguity in some way, to make the tough decisions, and to, um, you know, ultimately make everyone else in the organization feel really good about what they're doing for Manmukti, right? Um, and given that that's like the real onus of the work, it, like I said, it varies day to day, <laughs> but I hope, hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, that's up to Sri later. He was like, hey, do not tell me about this part, guy. You know? <laughs> um, so just reflecting a little bit from when Abhi first called me to join the organization years and years ago, not that many years ago, just years ago. Um, you know, he, he started this organization because he lost a close friend. Um, and his mission was to educate people so that people don't lose people they love, essentially, right? Um, to mental illness uh, and uh, it's kind of a sequelae, you know? And I, I was curious about what Abhi, so he's focused on educating other people. What has he learned himself? What have I learned myself? Yeah. Oh man, uh, so many things. <laughs> um, I, so I, I think along the way, there's a lot of stuff I've learned just about, um, just about mental health, right? Like even the, the content that we put out, the educational stuff that we put out, you know, I'm not an expert, I never have been an expert in mental health. You know, I don't work in the field like you do, right? Um, so even some of the basic things that we've put out about like stats on depression and anxiety in the US or worldwide, um, explanations of, you know, what's the difference between psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, um, and most importantly, like, you know, what to do when, you know, someone is like, you know, presenting with certain signs of like a, a mental illness and you need to, you know, be there for them as a friend, right? Um, 
all, all those things, you know, I definitely have picked up along the way. And I feel a lot more confident in terms of being a, a mental health advocate, um, my, just myself, if that makes sense. Um, I've learned, I've learned courage as well in a lot of ways, right? Um, being able to, uh, and, and this is, this is in multiple ways. So one, one way is, you know, being able to be more comfortable with um, speaking up about mental health, uh, even no matter what the audience is. And, you know, I've been in audiences where people, you know, are, uh, you know, applauding every word. And I've been in audiences where it's stone cold silence because no one really wants to um, engage with what you're talking about. Um, and, you know, both are incredibly valuable experiences to deal with. Um, but also I've been in audiences with my parents and, you know, just having to like talk to them about like um, instances of mental health or mental illness that I've, that I've been through um, and talking to them about, you know, I, you know, I went to, went to therapy and this is how it went and dealing with their blowback was a really good exercise. I think for me and my family and walking the, walking the walk. Right. Um, and I, and, and, you know, definitely it was, it was funny the first few times of like, my parents would always really uh, support the fact that I was working on Manmukti, but the minute that the mental health issues became my own, it was, it was a hell no, you know, <laughs> like, oh, like, you know, this can't happen to you. And so, you know, being able to really um, live that truth, I guess I would say, um, w without having a better way to say it um, was has been a huge learning for me um, I've also learned a lot of humility in terms of how to deal with people um, how to how to learn from others and their different viewpoints you know across the spectrum and uh, to be able to accept where I've gone wrong and um, not let it diminish my ability as a leader or my standing as a leader just because I make mistakes um, that's that's honestly been one of the um, hugest uh, learning experiences for me just as a person outside of, you know, you know, running this organization. Um, I could go on for days, so I'll stop there. But that's a that's a little selection of the things. No, I really appreciate that that uh, vulnerability. Um, yeah, it's quite real when it when it comes into your under your roof, right? And your parents are like, well, well, certainly not you. I mean, I raised you well. And so um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people, uh, that's actually a lot of our audience is, is parents contending with their kids' mental illness. And so that's kind of cool. Um, it, it sounds like a hard job. So I wonder what you do to relax. What do you do, Abhijit, to relax? Uh, so, I mean, there's certain things that um, have always been uh, very necessary for me. Like I I don't know. I don't really ever let exercise like fall off the radar, even if I'm like really stressed or have just like a lot of things to deal with. But gosh, you know, I, there's, it doesn't always work. Right. Like I remember, I really vividly remember this time when, you know, during the pandemic, I got really into yoga. Right. It, it was, um, it was like a really nice thing to do like once a week, every Friday. And, uh, you know, it just kept me doing something for my fitness. Um, well, we had to like, you know, not go to gyms or whatever. And, there was uh, there was this uh, situation like that uh, an example I brought up earlier of you know an, an ethics case, an ethics case that was happening and um, there were sort of a lot of calls that we had to be on around that and you know the the issues and like the questions are you know how can Manmukti be better how can how can I do better as a leader were like really swimming around in my head at uh, but I wanted to you know still go you know power through and do the yoga and like have some relief 
but I remember I was just like, uh, I think I, there was like one point where I was just like in down dog for like five minutes and um, my fiance Nina was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I was just like stuck in thought, like in frozen in this pose, like wondering like, okay, like what do I need to do next? Like how, how is this, you know, how's this case going to play out? And uh, it's a great thinking know. pose. That's for sure. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, your, exactly. All your blood's in your brain. You know, it's like, it's, that's a good way to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was helping out, but, um, but yeah, you know, exercise is one thing, even if it doesn't always work. Um, I, when I, when I have the time to step away from something, um, I always love to be able to write about it, um, in a, in a nonfiction sense and like in a sort of blogging sense. But, um, one of the, one of my big passions and one of the reasons that I wanted, uh, you know, sometimes stepping away from Unmukti is also to work on my fiction writing and, and to become a, uh, to become a published author. And so, you know, the, the time that I spend um, reading novels or the time that I spend, you know, working on my own fiction writing also really relaxes me and puts me in a zone that I, you know, can't really compare to anything else. Um, so I, I would say all those are important, but uh, probably most important is just like surrounding myself with, um, you know, positive friends and family and always having like someone to talk to because I'm not at all the kind of person who, deals with something difficult and keeps it to themselves, I'd like need to tell five people immediately. And then I feel like a lot better. <laughs> Why do I feel like you're going to have like a George Bush-esque like post-presidency oil painting phase where we're going to see a, <laughs> you know, like a renaissance, you know, or you get a ranch in Texas somewhere and get like an F-250, you know. I, I do, think do it's possible, man. Yeah, yeah. Only, yeah, just only abstracts from now on. Just only and only in the only in the Manmukti color scheme. That's what we're gonna see. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, Sri, what what do you do to relax? I mean, thinking about this going forward, I mean, you probably had a taste of it already. The work that's uh, required both emotionally and logistically to deal with this job. What do you do? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I definitely try to get a lot of exercise in. I think I'm like Abby in that way where um, if I'm having like a long day or just a day full of meetings, uh, just being able to take it out on some weights or a bar is really nice. Uh, so a lot of people have yoked, by the way. You, you can't see on this. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do try. The way you said take it out on a bar. Yes, I knew he was yoked. You know, <laughs> who says that? <laughs> well, like, you know, I, if I ever have a stressful day, no joke, long, uh, long day full of long meetings or something doesn't go right, it's leg day. It's not like I don't have a split. It's just when I'm sad, it's leg day. And then um, it actually helps, you know, like it, it helps to be able to just like look at a bar and independent of what I do with my mukti, sometimes when I go to the gym, it's just like all I focus on is just the gym, right? It helps me sort of like detox and get rid of all the other sort of mental detritus that might have like built up in my brain over the course of the day and then when I'm done I feel fresh and then it feels good to go back and I think it's really important in this kind of a role to have good countenance so just to be able to deal with issues in a in a rational and calm manner uh, how they come but it's not always easy to be like that right so you got to take care of the, yourself the way you can so that you can handle those situ situations effectively. Right on, man. I feel like CEO vibes from you already. I love it. Like I feel safe, you know. I feel good, especially now <laughs> that I know you're yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So Sri, what are some things that you see coming on the horizon for Manmukti? 
Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm really glad you asked. So we have a couple of things that we're working on. Uh, one of the things that we're starting out with, right, is knowing that we're a remote Christian organization, how do we hold each other accountable to be able to maximizing our, our impact and actually like making a difference, right? And it's often hard to do that when everybody's not necessarily coming into the office and punching the clock. So uh, one of the things that I've asked the team to do is pull together a culture document that sort of talks about like, what are our key values as an organization? So I know personally, like I really value vulnerability and transparency and uh, a commitment to service, right? Amongst the people that I work with, but I'd also love to get everybody else in the organization to contribute to that document. So there's buy-in and ultimately we can hold each other accountable. Some of the other things that we're working on is, and it sort of goes in the vein of uh, something I'd mentioned earlier, which is focusing on our physical and in-person activations is uh, how do we maximize the impact of our university chapters program? So uh, as many of you guys know, we won a grant a couple of years ago from Ignite Asha to be able to fund programming on university chapters. I'm working with our finance team to build a framework on thinking about like, how do we maximize the impact of those $105,000 and spread that funding over the next couple of years? And then the final thing that I'd mention is, is uh, and again, going back to the physical activations is, we're trying to think about what we can do in terms of conferences, speaker series, and different ways to not only engage with our target demographic directly, but then also contribute to the knowledge base that ultimately could help reduce the stigma against mental health in the South Asian community. I think it's really important for us to lean into our brand as a safe place that people know and trust for mental health related information and commentary. And so leaning into that a little bit more could be really valuable for the people that we care about. Yeah, wow. I mean, as you were talking, I had so many ideas percolating. I think one of the things that I think would be super cool is if you did a speaker series that was based in the universities and you you had people recorded them and essentially they're public panels. And uh, one of the first big Monmukti events that I got to be a part of uh, was this panel we did in in Austin at UT's campus uh, some years ago. And it was so, it was so thrilling. I mean, it was actually uh, moving in ways that many events like this fail to be, you know, they can seem kind of uh, overly sentimental or mawkish. And, and this was uh, nothing of the sort. I mean, uh, diverse voices in diverse media. We had a a, a slam poet, we had a, uh, uh, you know, uh, someone who was going over there making jokes, someone who was uh, telling a really uh, moving story. I mean, and all of all ages, you know, that's, that's what struck me the most is, you know, you think of our organization most handily as, as a young people organization, but, um, you know, the more you talk to your parents, the more you realize that, you know, we should, we should be broadening our audience, you know, um, yeah, for sure. No, I 100% agree. And I think actually, like one of the things that you said that really excited me was, um, you know, you take a, you do some sort of activation on college, and then like, can you film that and then put it on YouTube, and just sort of expand the reach a little bit more. And one of the things that I'm really trying to talk about with my team is the idea of the monthly flywheel, right? So how do we create programming, whether it's on social media or digital media, that ultimately gets people to know about Mukti, but then they come to the in-person events and then they realize the value of that. So then they go back into the programming and ultimately you create this flywheel where our uh, South Asians who are needing mental health services know that they can rely on Mukti across a suite of different needs, right? 
And I think that that flywheel is going to be really important for us over the next five years as we continue to grow and scale, because that will be our competitive differentiator. Sri, before we got on the phone call, you were telling me that you work at Netflix. So I want to know what you're bringing from that kind of creative space to your new job here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the reasons why I was always interested in the media and entertainment space is just to think about like, how can we use media to extend ideas, right? And ultimately change the way that people think. Um, and obviously for mental health, that's a huge opportunity that we can lean into just to be able to help people that way. Um, one of the things that we're doing at Manmukti right now that I'm really excited about is we're working with the production team that's uh, currently creating a short film called Mind Games that focuses on obsessive compulsive disorder and basically focuses on, on the stories of a couple individuals that are dealing with that mental illness. Um, being able to work in these sorts of contexts and with these different ways to test out our media presence, I think could be hugely valuable for our organization. And it's also just a way for us to lean into making an impact the way that we want to. In this case, extending the conversation around OCD. Beautiful. Um, do we have like a date we can look out for that? Not yet, but I will let you know when it comes out because uh, I have a feeling that it's gonna be a very, very good film. Right on. Okay, and uh, as always, you can count on us to, uh, if, if, uh, if they're available, we'll interview the, the cast, the crew, the director, the writer, uh, see if we can pick their brain as to uh, why they chose this topic and what they hope uh, their, their impact will be. Um, okay, rapid fire. I don't know if you could know someone without knowing if they prefer boxers or briefs. Go. I'm not sure I know what the difference is. <laughs> Which one is the one that isn't like a whitey tidy? Those are boxers, right? Boxers are loose. They're like shorts, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Boxers, and then briefs yeah, stick to you. They're like they're like yoke pants, but short. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I, I need some space. Boxers. Boxers. Okay. I know obviously the boxers guy. Don't ask how I know. I've always known that. <laughs> we um, were college roommates for yeah. <laughs> if anyone's wondering. <laughs> obviously, he feels the need to clarify um, for unknown reasons. Okay. Um, Batman or Superman? Batman. More complex layers. Yes. Uh, once again, I know Abhijit's answer, and this time it's not <laughs> such a, a, a CD reason. Thank He's got God. it. There it is. It's a visual podcast, so yeah, they can see it. Um, salsa or chutney? Chutney, easily. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, which chutney? Well, it depends. What are you eating? Ah, a man who knows his chutneys. What about you, Abhijit? Uh, yeah, chutney all the way, but... Uh... The favorite is definitely peanut and uh, or the mix of peanut and coconut chutney that goes really well. That's a good one. That's see those. That's yeah, I was thinking. I'm at it. When you said it, I had a Pavlovian image of dosa arise in my brain. So <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, paperback or audiobook? I is there a third option for hardcover? Okay. Just... <laughs> yeah. No. No. Hardcover, um, man. Okay. Yeah, typically, I, I feel like I always prefer physical, like the physical yeah. book when possible. But um, recently, I got a Kindle because I just like thought it'd be easier to like get ebooks and stuff like that. And yeah. reading is fun again, so that's that's nice. Hey, okay. So uh, before I go to Abhijit, what are you reading now? Are you reading something right now? Yeah, so I'm reading a couple books. I'm reading How to Change by Katie Milkman. Um, 
It's a really good book. She's a professor at the Warren School of Business. And she basically talks through like the business and psychology of like how you actually can change if you want to change and what like what tricks you can use to improve as a person if you have certain types of goals. So that's been a really good book that I've been reading as part of the book club. And then outside of that, I've also been reading Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger, who was recently the CEO of Disney and then stepped down about a year and a half ago to give way to Bob Chapek. Mm. Both really good reads. So am I anticipating, or am I hearing you that we're going to buy the Star Wars franchise as our next move as Manmukti? If we had the cash and it was good for South Asian mental health, it wouldn't be off the table. <laughs> is all I'm awesome. I want to hear, I want to see the next hero of the Star Wars films, you know, be like a brown guy. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Representation matters. No, I agree. What about you, Abhijit? Uh, paperback all the way. And uh, I am, I'm currently reading a book that I always forget the title to, but I just remember, it's the, the Inheritance of Loss, I think is the title. And mm-hmm. it's by this author, Kiran Desai. Um, I think it was nominated for a Booker Prize or won the Booker Prize a few years back. So yeah, just mm-hmm. trying to read more, um, in an, trying to read as many Desi authors as I can to sort of get a feel for, you know, where, where I want to lay in terms of, you know, my own writing. Yeah. So I imagine you're reading a lot of fiction because Abhijit, uh, he kind of just glanced on this idea, but he's a, he's like, he loves writing and he's prolific. I mean, he, he writes short stories all the time and, uh, and they're really nuanced and fun to read. Um, he has funny adverb choices sometimes, but otherwise they're, they're really beautiful stories. I love them. Um, so maybe one day we'll see his name in lights. Um, Bowtie or traditional? I've never worn a board tie in my life, so I think I'd have to go with traditional for this. But if I ever wear one and my mind changes, I'll let you know. All right. All right. Just- I, I have worn one and uh, it's just it's such a pain to put on without yeah. uh, without the without a requisite benefit from for all that pain. <laughs> so uh, I would go traditional. <laughs> right. Um, how about a dog or a cat? I think either. I actually probably prefer cats just from like a disposition perspective. But uh, I think my mom is like very traditional. She's one of those people that like does not allow cats in the house. So mm. practically speaking, probably a dog, but could go mm. either way. Mm. Dog all the way. I don't, I don't like cats. <laughs> now, Seinfeld says that people who are, you know, like dogs, like cats and people who are like cats like dogs so a little little comedian psychology for you wait really yeah okay interesting Interesting, (laughs) i think i give off cat vibes i'm like one of those people who just like slinks around the house and like doesn't really talk to you i guess so maybe i'm a bit (laughs) of a cat yeah Yeah, i feel like it kind of matches your own personality i don't know if i agree with seinfeld on this one even though even though i love his show but There, there's something about I like I like dogs all the way, which makes me have to contend with the fact that I might be a cat, which is a you know hell of a contention, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. One that I'm not comfortable with right now. Yeah. I know. I, I feel like I've just brought the whole mood down of the conversation. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, you, you, get, you got you got my mind spiraling now. <laughs> um, okay. Am I a to fish? recover, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Let's forget all the animals. Uh, Filter coffee or chai? 
Chai, for sure. Got to lean into those roots. Mm, okay, chai. I was just thinking about this one. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, I'm more of a coffee drinker, but if I had to choose between those two specifically, then chai. Really? Okay. Hmm. Deepika or Priyanka? <laughs> Which is an Deepika? I'm oh, sorry, Priyanka. For those of you watching, is right there. Look at her. They're looking down from that Burfi frame. Burfi, nice, yeah. Oh, so I take it you're a Priyanka fan. Well, no, I just I'm just a Jill Mill fan. I painted this because I love this character so much. She's like my favorite character in all of movies. Yeah, yeah, that was a really beautiful movie. Uh, I will have to say though, I think I'm probably Deepika. Yeah, but uh, Priyanka's a great actress. But they both are. Yeah, I'd, yeah, probably Priyanka for me. Yeah, I'm with the Sri here. You know, I actually love Deepika. Like, I think she's a fantastic person. Uh, when I look at Jill Mill, I don't even see Priyanka. I think she did a, such an amazing job that she erased herself from the role, allowing me to like the role, you know? And uh, I, I don't know if, I, you know what? I was just going to say, I, I, think that it, I think that is the case. I will say, though, that um, personally speaking, one of the things that I really appreciate about Deepika is her openness about her own mental health struggles. So yeah. she's been very open about like episodes of depression that she's had in the past. And these conversations have actually made an impact in the Indian media. So you can start to see people on Twitter or Facebook or in the news publications start to grapple with this idea that like even the rich and famous can often deal with like mental health issues, right? And mm -hmm. um, regardless of what we say about her as an actress or whatever, the things that she's done to be able to destigmatize that conversation is something that I'm just personally really grateful for. 100%, yeah. From, from that angle, she's, she's done a lot. Um, I think uh, for some reason, I always remember the story about uh, whenever I think about Priyanka Chopra of like uh, there, someone who went to my high school had this like Facebook post where um, she said, uh, you know, like when she was when she was in school, you know, she really loved Nick Jonas. And, you know, people always like made fun of her, like, oh, like, you know, why are you like Nick Jonas for like you're brown? Like, what's the point? You'll never get with the brown girl. And then, like, when, when Priyanka Chopra ended up marrying him, like, she had this, like, long Facebook post talking about, like, basically, like, suck it, like, it's possible, <laughs> which, which I think is, like, the main, like, impact she might have had in that way, but so definitely not, like, quite as in line with, like, everything Deepika is doing for mental health, but uh, I think I just like Priyanka just from, you know, growing up as a teenager and like watching her movies post on the Basie girl <laughs> yeah um, not not for not for societally good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean Sri's legit really deeply thought I answer made Obijit have to qualify his own like you know 15 yeah. year old boy answer so yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, like, I hey when I was a 15 year old boy I didn't I, I didn't differentiate so I can appreciate both I love it man um Hrithik or Shahrukh? Shahrukh. I haven't seen a lot of Hrithik movies, but I also think that Shahrukh, um, some of his like choice of, of films have, have been really good. Uh, one of the movies that like sort of speaks out to me is um, Dilse. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen Dilse, it's about, um, I think, uh, like a journalist who gets entangled with some sort of a freedom fighter, I think from the Kashmir region. And I think in general, like he's been known for taking really adventurous, risky films, um, which I think is kind of cool. Hmm. I'm a Hrithik Roshan guy all the way. Uh, I think also from a very teenage young, I just thought he was so hot all the time. 
I do. I mean, there are some of his movies and stuff that I would say like, oh, like I really love like the way he portrayed this or that. But honestly, like he's just hot. Honestly, I mean, he, he can dance just... like no one else. So. Yeah. At the end of this, I want to say um, to Abhijit, great job, man. I think it's like a, a beautiful thing you started. Um, and uh, it's been a really fun ride, you know, to be you know, in the drama department of this awesome train that's, you know, moving through our community. Um, I uh, personally have had a lot of people who reached out and say, you know, I can't even tell all the time how many people tell me good things about our work because it would just be, I would blowing up his phone uh, more than I already do with inane messages. So uh, I, you know, I'm so, I'm so glad that he thought of me initially and uh, that I get to, put my mark on the corner of this canvas that we're, we're making together. So, uh, and at the same time, I'm so thrilled that it's going into such capable hands, man. I mean, I, I like, I joke around sometimes, but, uh, but you keep it real. I can tell that you're a sincere guy. And uh, um, I feel like, you know, I can already feel like excitement about the times to come from even our wing of it, you know, the podcast side. Um, so I think it'd be kind of cool to keep talking to you. Like, you know, this is kind of fun. I think once in a while, like, uh, we didn't really do this with Abhijit, you know, because um, he was having bachelor parties and stuff. But maybe with you, we can have, like, more regular phone calls. We can just give people the state of the union, so to say. You know, it'd be kind of fun to do, I think. Um, and uh, Yeah, I totally should. That would be wonderful to have that kind of state of the union. That'd be kind yeah, of cool, right? I'd love to be on here anytime. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're in a really privileged position to be able to make an impact the way that we are. Um, thankfully, like we've already had such a great impact over the past couple of years as evidenced by the work that uh, Abby's done. But as long as we continue to run this organization by prioritizing the impact that we can make on our target demographic and vulnerability, I think that we're gonna be able to do some pretty great things. So we would love to be on anytime, even if it's just a sort of communicate or expand the great work that we've done. Awesome. Well, thank you both for appearing. And uh, and I hope as many people as, as possible can watch this podcast instead of just listening to it. So we're going to grow our YouTube presence as well in the coming uh, months, we hope. So uh, so there's more and more ways to, to join the fun. Thank you, guys. For sure. Thank Thanks you. for having us Thank on. you so much, man. Uh, and, you know, echo back all everything that you said about, you know, you've you've been an incredible addition. And uh, just the unique uh, perspective energy that you brought to the podcast has been, um, you know, wonderful to have. So appreciate everything you're doing. And yeah, hope to hope to see more States of the Union with, with you and Sri. For more content like this, visit us on our social media pages or at munmukti.org. This is Anand Jainthi.